the biggest stories from the pages of the London Free Press and LFPress.com. This is the London Free Press Podcast with your host, Craig Needles. It's the London Free Press Podcast, and we are back for another episode after, let's be frank here, a, a very bizarre and somewhat tragic series of events in London over the last few days. And I wanted to catch up on one of the big events with London Free Press reporter Jonathan Juha, who joins us on the podcast to talk about the building collapse that we had here in London at the end of last week. Jonathan, thank you very much for giving us some time today and telling us what's uh, what's happening with uh, the very latest on this story. Appreciate you joining us here in the London Free Press podcast. Oh, thank you for, for having me. And, and I think, as you said, uh, tragic is sort of like the best uh, way to describe what has happened here. It's definitely something that I guess has uh, caught a lot of people by surprise, uh, uh, the impact that this is having in the community and, and, and the tragic end that, as many of you know now, uh, two people, two workers who have died and five others who were also injured. So definitely a very tragic event. So just give us the very basics, because most of our audience, I'm sure, knows what happened here, Jonathan. But what was the very basics as far as how this building collapse happened and, and, and when it occurred? So it happened on Friday. Uh, the, 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 the information that we have had from officials and police is that it happened around noon. Uh, is this uh, project is a four-story apartment building uh, called Nest on Wonderland. It's actually at 555 Tipley Terrace, just on Wonderland, sort of like between uh, commissioners and Springbank in West London. Um, for what we have been able to, to gather from, you know, officials and as well as uh, some of the workers who were on site, um, a section on the fourth floor that had just been, you know, uh, freshly had freshly uh, concrete poured on it. It just sort of like collapsed and, and went all the way down, uh, trapping, unfortunately, some of the workers, again, killing two, injuring some others. Um, there were about 40 workers. It's sort of like an estimate uh, of what we have or how many workers were at the scene at the time. And then from then it was just, <clears throat> it has just torn into this, uh, uh, one of the people who died, unfortunately, uh, his body was trapped in, in the structure. Uh, it became this recovery effort. The structure was not safe for anyone to actually go in and, and retrieve the body. So it was a very prolonged uh, process that took place over the weekend. And, and it ended up on Saturday uh, around midnight when, uh, when city officials um, and, and you know firefighters and police and all those involved were able to retrieve the, the body of the second worker. Horrifying uh, things to listen to and something that I, I think a lot of us don't think about happening from the perspective of there are things built all over the city, all over this province every single day and something like this doesn't occur. So clearly this is a rare incident, but at the same time, uh, very much a tragic one. I, I know you've done a lot of reporting and a lot of writing about uh, the two men who sadly lost their lives here. What can you tell us about them? Well, that, that's definitely, you know, in, in every time something like this happened, the human impact or the human uh, the face, uh, it's certainly what, what touches people the most. Uh, in this case, uh, two concrete workers, um, we managed to identify them as Henry Hodder. Uh, he was uh, 26, uh, lived in Tilsonburg. Uh, unfortunately, he leaves behind a wife, a three-week-old daughter. Oh, my gosh. Um, he worked in the concrete business. Uh, he, he, he's been described by family and friends, sort of like a calm guy, maybe a quiet guy, but definitely a good person, a, a hard worker who obviously wanted just to the best for his family and provide for his family. And, 
And and the other hand, the other worker uh, was identified as John Martins, only 21 year old, so very young as well. Um, he's also being described, you know, by by those who knew him as a good natured uh, guy, carefree, very young, who who try to enjoy life. Uh, he leaves behind a girlfriend, uh, his parents, uh, about ten siblings. Um, so all in all, definitely a, a, a very difficult situation for for all those involved. Oh, that's it's, it's it's awful to hear, and, and I'm sure you know I'm I'm a parent of two, and I hear that uh, everyone just their, their heart sinks when they hear that this uh, uh, one of these gentlemen is leaving behind a, a, a daughter who's 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 three weeks old. That's 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 difficult to listen to. Um, Tell us more about what we know as, as to what's occurred here. I'm sure there are some investigations that are on the way. I know that uh, uh, there in your, your story, which went up uh, uh, on LFPress.com uh, at the, the start of the week, uh, no expense spared and probe a fatal building collapse, what the labor minister said. So there's some Monty McNaughton quotes in there. What do we know about where this goes from here? So it, it, I have to be honest, I believe this is going to be a very long process. Uh, no one is uh, willing to commit to a timeline as to when the investigation is going to be, you know, concluding or it's actually more than one investigation. Uh, you know, there's the London police aspect of the investigation. There's the um, Ministry of Labor also have, you know, inspectors and engineers looking into it. Uh, Office of the Chief Coroner will also have in their own investigation. And it will take time. It will take time until uh, we can get a better sense of what actually transpired. Uh, you know, it could be more than just one factor. It could, there could be some human error, some, something that failed that was not supposed to fail. We really don't know. No one, no one is, is uh, people are being very careful, careful trying to, to, to not jump to conclusions as to what may have happened in this, in, in, in this incident. Um, and it will be a process that will they'll probably take time while all the three investigations take place. As you say, Monty McNaughton, the interior labor minister, he's, he says that he's committed. He said that he will move mountains until uh, the families and, and friends of, of the people who, who died and were injured find the answers, that they deserve the answers. Um, so, but he didn't commit to a full uh, public inquiry. Um, I guess that what people should know is that whenever there is a death involving, you know, a construction site or a workplace, uh, it sort of like automatically kicks in the uh, the coroner's inquest, which is, uh, it will look at the, 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 the causes of the death. It will not try to assign blame in any way, um, just sort of like identify who, who are the persons who died, what happened, how it transpired, and how if there's anything that can be recommended that, that that can be followed so another death like this does not happen. But these are not mandatory um, recommendations. They're just uh, they're just that, recommendations. Uh, a public inquiry is a little bit broader in scope. It can look at more than just this side and perhaps things uh, as far as well, the way the industry does, does things. And it have, let's say, a little bit of more teeth into uh, what the conclusions could be and what could come forward to, again, try to avoid a tragedy like this uh, to happen again um, in the province. Yeah, uh, that's clearly, I think, what everyone wants to see. And I've been struck, and I, I, I don't know if, uh, if you have, Jonathan, but just the, the outpouring I've, I've heard in the community. And, you know, it, it's a strange time just because we're in the middle of this pandemic. 
and you know communicating with each other is different than it would have been a year ago at this time or whatever it happens to be but just people have uh, have, have taken this really really hard and it's been uh, it's been difficult for a lot of folks to to, to hear these uh, these stories about what happened here and wonder how did this occur and then you hear about these two guys who lost their lives it's just it, it's a very difficult time in london right now as i'm sure you'd agree I think it's a very difficult time that comes at a very difficult year. Right. Um, obviously, as you say, it's been nine months of this uh, pandemic, uh, so many deaths that we have had to report here in the community. And it's sort of like just another tragedy that comes on top of, of, of it has been for many, many people a very, very difficult year. As you say, um, the, the shows of support have been... Um, for these families have been big. Uh, obviously, uh, there have been some fundraising that has been taking place to support both families. They have, uh, as far as I know, both exceeded sort of like the, their initial goals, but but it's definitely a, an incident that has caught the attention of the community, uh, not only in London, but across Southwestern Ontario. And again, these, these two young uh, workers, one from Tilsonburg, uh, one with family in Langton as well. So it's just, it, it's sort of like not, and, and I guess just as, as well the time, it, it's sort of like a comment, like just ahead of Christmas, uh, when, you know, a time that you expect to spend some time with your family and your loved ones and, and to see something like this happen, it's definitely has struck a chord with, with many people, because as I say, like no one expects that when they, anyone goes to work, sort of like not come back. Yeah. Now, of course, that's, that's the, that's the difficult part of this, because there are so many people that work in this very same industry. I uh, want to ask you just, you know, so one of the things I like to do on the podcast is sort of peel back the, the curtain a little bit as far as how these stories come together and how it goes from, you know, working about working on, hey, let's get some information here that we want to deliver to the public just so they know to the, the pages of the London Free Press and, and, and LFPress.com when you're trying to piece together, uh, not necessarily what happened here, but the, the, the lives and the people who are impacted and, and, and sadly the people who lost their lives. How does that work from a reporting perspective for you? Well, once uh, the initial coverage on Friday happened as to what had happened on the side and the, the initial details that we had, uh, uh, city officials and police from the beginning were very clear that out of respect of the families, they said uh, they would not be providing you know any details about who had been injured or the people who had mm-hmm. who had died in the incident. But that's sort of like the next logical question, I guess. You want the community wants to know a little bit about who has been impacted by these this uh, unfortunate event and and from the get-go on Saturday uh, as we planned sort of like our coverage we knew that that was going to be trying to find out a little bit more about who they were put a face and, and sort of like show it's it's true that, that what they say that you know a figure just a number does not connect with yeah. people as having a face in a story mm-hmm. realizing the impact of, of, of any event uh, it's just through that human connection that readers really get it and so we try to, we, we, you know, looking on social media, any, any sort of like the first step to try to find out any comments from people who may say, I know who this person was. Um, we actually finding the, who the first of the workers was, uh, we had received a tip that a company called Harder Concrete uh, had been involved uh, in some way. We didn't really know. That right. was sort of like all the information that we had. So I started doing some, you know, research online. I came with uh, two harder concrete companies. One I was actually in BC, one in Winnipeg. So clearly nothing to do with with this. And then I just came across as well 
just one that actually didn't have a website. It was just an address and a phone number that I that I found online. And you know, I decided to to give a call that number and and to my surprise, it was actually a paramedic who answered the phone. Uh, basically, he he told me that the phone had been found at an ambulance. They didn't know who the phone belonged to. It had been placed in the lost and found. And sort of like in that strange, it was a strange interaction because I was expecting something different. I Like in that uh, exchange uh, um, is how I pieced together that, that I was on the right track, that this perhaps was, that was definitely someone who had been involved uh, in this in this situation uh, I wasn't sure if it was one of the persons who died or it had been one of the workers we really had uh, very little information at that point but once I, I had that answer from from the paramedic um, my next step was to you know drive to Langdon uh, right away which is the address that was listed online and it was an hour away from London um, when I got there. I immediately knew that I was at the right place because it was a house and there were like eight or nine vehicles parked outside. Obviously, family was gathering. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that's, uh, that's one of the, the, the hardest aspect of, of being a journalist and perhaps having to do those calls when you're knocking on the door of someone when you know they're at one of their lowest point in their lives. Um, it comes with the job is never it never it, it never gets easier i think no. um and and when when you're facing some of the circumstances in this specific case it's all the much harder i guess um a family member uh was very polite he he declined he said uh, the family was not ready to to come in at the moment but he did uh confirm that henry harder had been uh one of the two workers by the time i arrived at the house I had already uh, found a name online, Henry Harder. Um, and again, I wasn't sure of the involvement or anything like that, but he confirmed with me um, and gave me just very little information at the moment, but just enough for me to, to continue and sort of like narrow my search online. Yeah. And that's how I came across, uh, we came across sort of like the fundraising, uh, the GoFundMe page, managed to contact a friend who had launched the fundraising effort and sort of like trying to piece together some of the, the little information that I had. Um, noticing as well that as I was leaving the home, I noticed that um, Henry uh, seemed to be his family member of a Mennonite community. And I had a friend who is also a member of the community. So I just put it to her, you know, have you heard anything? Have you seen anything? Have you heard anything from your friends or anything like that? And she said, yes, uh, actually I've seen a number of posts about one of the workers, uh, but it turned out that it was the other worker, uh, not Henry Hodder. So now I had the two names, uh, an indication of who they were. And it was just a matter of reaching out to the family members, trying to get sort of like that confirmation from them, a little bit of information um, to try to put a face uh, to, to, to this incident. Yeah, and 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 I I get it, and I, I can sort of hear the emotion in your voice as you talk about it. And I know some people see those stories and think, oh, it's it's it, it's voyeuristic, but no, it's true. And I can say in my years of experience and your years of experience, what this is is a bit more about. Uh, and just as we wrap up here, this is more about. Um, it's all well and good to just say, okay, this is the name of someone who died, or, or these are the, the number of people who died. But you're right. 
these people deserve to be more than a number. They deserve to be more than a name. And I, I think that we, we try to provide that. And obviously, uh, in a lot of cases, families uh, families want to help with that. So it's it's, it's not easy. It's, it's, it's not a, a part of journalism that people in, in enjoy. But at the same time, I think it's important for the community when a tragic incident like this happens to sort of to, to, to go through it that way. Yeah, I think I think uh, I've come to learn that at the end of the day, you are giving them the option to the family. It is up to them right. to decide. You know, yeah, I wanna I want the community to know who who my loved one was and what made him special. And some other families decide that they they wanna you know it's a personal moment that they do not want to have that publicly, and and, and that's totally fine. It's 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 completely up to the family. All we can do is you know reach out to them and say. We would like to, you know, honor in some way the memory of the person who you have lost and and let them decide what they think or feel is best uh, uh, for their family. Right. We'll, uh, we'll leave it there just because we're, uh, we're right up against the clock here. Jonathan, uh, the f- fascinating conversation. Thank you so much for giving us the very latest on what we know about the, uh, the, the building collapse that happened last week here in London. And uh, thank you for all of your work on this, which can be found on LFPress.com and London Free Press. Thank you for having me. That's uh, Jonathan Juha, London Free Press reporter, joining us here on the London Free Press podcast, which, of course, you can subscribe to on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, on Spotify, rather, on uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Find us on YouTube. Find us on lfpress.com as well. Many, many people doing that, and we're glad to see those numbers continue to tick up. So tell your friends and rate and subscribe as well if you uh, if you don't mind taking a couple of minutes. We will be uh, back with another episode later in the week. Thank you again for listening to this edition of the London Free Press Podcast.